Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly. Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're talking about Amazon stunts, but it isn't just Amazon. It's the owners of Tesla and Virgin. And how does that affect our pocketbook if we want to buy their products? Joining me today is Chris Janeway. He is the founder of Fourth Point Wealth. So welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you for having me. The day that we're talking... Uh, this is pre-recorded, but the day we're talking is the day that William Shatner, most famously known for playing Captain Kirk on Star Trek, he just went up to space and came back down, and he went on a Blue Origin rocket, which was built, developed, financed by Jeff Bezos, who's the owner of Amazon. So why are we calling this a stunt to send uh, Captain Kirk into space? So we just watched him safely land back, right? So that's uh, that's what we're first always watching for is is the uh, the accidents. But is it a marketing stunt? And that's kind of one of my my questions or our theme for today. Is this really a marketing stunt or is it something different? And I, I think if we look at Bezos with Blue Origin, with Elon Musk and SpaceX, or even Richard Branson and Virgin Atlantic, I think they're all a little bit different in their attitude, what they're trying to go for, even though they're to some degree competitors, it, it seems very different in their approach, certainly. But they all have their marketing stunts, right? Sending William Shatner of Star Trek up into up into space is, is, uh, is certainly going to grab headlines, no different than SpaceX sending one of the Tesla cars a few years ago into space. Right. So are these stunts supposed to make us go, well, Jeff Bezos, Amazon guy, he was so great in sending William Shatner to space. I'm going to run out and everything I buy is going to be on Amazon if we're not already buying everything on Amazon. I mean, what is the point of this stunt? Yeah. So, well, first I'll, I'll start. I'm no marketing guru, right? So I'm a, I'm a guy who manages wealth, right? And so, you know, how do I look at these things and, and if I'm looking at Elon Musk, for say, uh, with Tesla and SpaceX, I think it seems to me, my take on it would be it's very much driven towards space and the technology and moving that forward, this curiosity for space exploration. For Richard Branson, right, his brand is adventure. This is about him having fun spending his money. And then we have Bezos, which is kind of this weird enigma. And it seems to me that it's more about competition and winning and power, right? So we've got a not so friendly rivalry between Musk and Bezos as they tweet back and forth and sue one another over contracts. So it's kind of this interesting 
dynamic that we're watching. Um, and I honestly think that some of it is a, is this competition, almost like the the race to the moon for you know NASA and Russia. Yeah, I call it the billionaire space race. I've been calling yep. it that for months now. Going back to my original question. Because all of these men who are sending their rockets into space, they all have products that they would hope we buy. With yep. Jeff Bezos, it's it pretty much anything on Amazon. Elon Musk is, is pushing Tesla's electric cars up one side and down the other. And then Richard Branson has got records and airlines, and and he's trying to sell tickets on his rockets as well. So... With these publicity stunts that they're doing, does that trigger people to actually go out and buy these other products from these companies? So I have dug so deep for research on this, right? Because I have the same questions. And and fortunately, so did uh, some researchers at MIT. And so, uh, so we have some empirical data to actually kind of look at rather than just somebody's opinions or expectations, right? But I, I think that the biggest thing, this is not an advertisement for a product, obviously. This is PR around, and, and I think of it almost like going back to Apple with the, the iPod, right? It wasn't that the technology was so new and innovative, et cetera. It was, it was presented in a certain way and it had a cool factor that you had the cult following, right? And Apple has obviously done so well since that point. Well, Tesla is very much the same thing. Anything that Elon Musk seems to touch gets this, this cult following behind it. And, and Bezos and, and Branson are no different. And so what we looked at, well, one, going backwards, right? So around, let's look at SpaceX, in their Inspiration4 rocket really no move in the stock price. The July launch for that sent Bezos into space, right? Before we're sending Shatner, right? He sent himself, right. you know, on the day of that launch, Amazon, I think it opened, it dropped about 1.3% that day. It ended up finishing about up, uh, up a little less than a percent, 0.83. So really a, a pretty pedestrian day on the market, quite frankly. Um, so if we're looking at these, these kind of day, day to day now had that failed miserably and, and had a crash, who knows what, what could have happened there. But I think what this is doing is it's starting to, it's bringing about what's the cult following and what the MIT study that I kind of mentioned looked at was the customer lifetime value. So basically how much is this customer worth? What's their lifetime spend within our brand? And they tried to put some, some controls around that within certain timeframes, et cetera. And I won't get it too deep into the details. But what they essentially found is that any marketing that can increase your customer's lifetime value, so these things that make increase their spend over time, actually do have a within that nine-month period or so, a, a pretty significant effect on a stock price. The question becomes is what's going to increase the lifetime value of that, of that customer, right? And if we look at Amazon this year has lagged significantly. The S&P 500, S&P's up around 17.9%, and they're only up about 1.7. Similar story for Tesla. They're up about 8.5%, right? And both have had massive amounts of volatility this year. That's a good place to take a break. When we come back, we will turn our attention to how much do these rockets cost and where are these men actually getting their money? So we'll be right back with Chris Janeway. He is the founder of Fourth Point Wealth. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids 
doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that if it affects your life in any way money-wise, we're talking about it. And today we're talking about stunts that billionaires are doing with their rockets. And today it was sending William Shatner into space. Joining me today is Chris Janeway. He is the founder of Fourth Point Wealth. Before we get to my next question on this, what is it you actually do at Fourth Point Wealth that you actually researched with MIT stunts that people are doing? To me, it sounds like you're, <laughs> you're more a financial advisor, but now you've done all this research on billionaires and their playthings. Yeah. So uh, my, my role day to day is, is as a client advisor, right? So I, we're a financial advisor, a wealth management shop. We help clients make better decisions with their money and, uh, and manage those portfolios for them. Aside from that, I'm, I'm a nerd for the data. I enjoy digging into these kind of one-off questions, these, the, the sidebars, I suppose. So I get sucked down a lot of rabbit holes just because similar to you, this, this piqued my interest is what, what really is the effect here or is it just ego? I'm going to go with it's just ego at the moment. (laughs) But what I really want to know is we have Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, and Richard Branson, who have all sent rockets into space with people on them. Are they actually taking money out of their own personal checking account to fund all this? Or are they using the money that has built up because of their customer base? Got it. So uh, the answer is yes. Uh, The answer would be that they all have some of their own money in there, but we're talking about many billions of dollars that the, that rockets cost, right? This technology, the testing, all of it is, is billions and and they're not putting in certainly the, the bulk of the, the, the fundraising. So I think even blue origin has had around seven rounds of venture capital fundraising go into it, raising, you know, billions of dollars. And some of that comes from, Hey, look at whatever we have touched in the past has turned to gold, right? And here's our next mission. And they can go to these fundraisers, these venture capital funds. And some of it's the cool factor of saying for these fund fund and investors, the cool factor of saying that they've been a part of that, right? So that they want to be a part of space. Space is such an exciting thing that there's a lot of people that don't really care how much it makes at this point. They want to be a part of that. Right. So the few flights that we've had already, including the one with William Shatner, today's was 11 minutes in space. They just went up and then came right back down. Is that all this is ever going to be is like an amusement park ride where it's going to cost me $100,000 to go up into space for 11 minutes? I mean, what's the ultimate goal? Yeah, I think it's probably different across the three different organizations. Certainly, Elon Musk has made made no secret of uh, of his 
mission for Mars, right? He wants to colonize Mars and that's his, his goal, right? All of his companies, the solar company, the battery technology, the, the car, everything is leading towards this. I want to colonize Mars big, uh, big mission for Virgin Atlantic. This is much more about, you know, kind of wealthy tourism essentially. And, and I think that for Bezos, it's probably somewhere in the middle. So I do not think that, uh, that, that it's, you know, Hey, here's millions of dollars for, you know, I think it was $200,000 or $250,000 for a ticket on a Virgin Galactic, uh, <laughs> flight that, that kind of breaks through the space barrier there. And why are we spending millions of dollars and waiting on, on this wait list? to spend a couple minutes into space. Well, if you've got the money, I can't really answer that question. I suppose I don't, right? To 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 make right. that. And I've got kids at home, so I don't know how bad I'm desperate <laughs> to sit on a rocket. But well, I think the goal certainly is bigger and bigger steps along the way. Okay. Well, you you actually just piqued my interest because you just said for the wealthy people, if you have that money, why not? But how does that benefit the rest of us who don't have that type of money to just on a whim get on a rocket and go into space? It's a tough one to answer. I think it depends on the technology and what they're really pushing for, right? So how consistently can they make this technology go? I think, I, you know, I was looking at certainly for for SpaceX, they've sent a ton of these rockets up, right? So, you know, 100 and, uh, around 130 of them or so, and one or two have had a failure, right? Which is too much, but the technology of being reusable and how fast they're able to do this privately has wildly outpaced what NASA is able to do. And all of a sudden we've just got NASA contracts going to these different organizations because they're able to do it faster and for cheaper and more sustainably. So that is still a big deal that the technology of sending things into space, whether it's people for 11 minutes or it's how can we better get satellites up there? How can we better, right? So better communicate. Musk is talking about casting free Wi-Fi to low-income countries through satellites, right? So there's there's bigger things at play, certainly, than um, than Captain Kirk riding along for a couple of minutes in space. But uh, but it's hard to pinpoint exactly what and when that's going to be for society, right? This is all brand new. Yeah, we are in the infancy, and so everything is a test at this point. Even just getting Captain Kirk into space is a test. You know, make sure they didn't kill him. First. <laughs> That's right. All right. What else should we know as a consumer? Do, should a consumer even care at this point about these PR stunts? So if I'm sitting with a client of mine across the desk, right, and we're having this conversation, no, right? <laughs> so uh <laughs> It, we're so desperate as human beings, right? This is just the human condition. We we can't stand delayed gratification and doing things the right way in the process. We're always searching for tea leaves, uh, of and 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 we will dig into anything to reverse justify why you know well x plus y must equal you know z. And so trying to look at well because. Blue Origin sent Captain Kirk to space today. Amazon becomes more powerful and has new, you know, more and more sales online or, or whatever might that. It, that's a tough connection to draw. Now, the network of these companies from their founders, et cetera, what does that do to client lifetime value? Kind of going back to that, to that study. Yeah. I think there's potential there, right? So there, there's potential that says, hey, these are still companies who are pushing to innovate. 
whether that's through one company or another, and they're in effect, they're somewhat subsidiaries of each other, certainly on all of the, the Musk companies, right? These are all, how can we leverage the technology from each one to create these central goals? Does that increase our client lifetime value? Does that mean that our customers will spend more across these brands? Could I absolutely think it could? Does that mean that I need to gamble on it right now as a as an investor? Certainly, somebody who's most people are we're saving for retirement, we're saving for our, our kids' college, right? Do I need to ride the wave of Amazon stock or or Tesla's stock? You know, year to date, they've had huge swings and have lagged the market. When I can slow down, figure out what my big picture goal is here, and kind of get back to the basics, it's hard to do. So it sounds so simple, but so, you know, losing weight's simple too, right? It's it's move more and eat less. And we have an awful hard time doing it. <laughs> yes, we do. Okay, we need to take one more break. When we come back, we will wrap everything up and go over a little bit more about what you just touched on, saving for retirement, maybe slow down a little bit, not hit, not aim for space. So we'll be right back with Chris Janeway. He's the founder of Fourth Point Wealth. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, I am joined by Chris Janeway. He is a the founder of Fourth Point Wealth and you're a financial advisor. But what we've been talking about, actually, for most of this show is the PR stunts that a few major companies have been doing this year, and that's sending people into space. So we talked about Richard Branson with Virgin Atlantic, Elon Musk with his rocket, and then Jeff Bezos just sent up William Shatner. But if I... I'm a Trekkie, first of all. We'll put that out there. So if I go, oh my gosh, Captain Kirk, he just went up there. I want to invest. If if he's willing to get on a the rocket that Jeff Bezos created and he founded Amazon, then I want to invest in Amazon stock. So if I sit down with you, Chris, are you going to go, sure, let's put your entire portfolio into Amazon stock? Probably not, right? So it's uh, that's that would be poor advice. And if you're talking to an advisor and they say, "Hey, all chips in uh, in on one uh, holding," that's probably a good reason to walk out the door. So you know, really, uh, you know, as an advisor, my job is to be the calm, cool, collected one. Whether that's from market exuberance and we're, we, we want to chase this thing that everybody else is making so much money and we're looking and we get excited and we want to jump in, or if it's oh my gosh, the sky is falling, right? COVID hits and market drops 30% in three weeks and, and I got to get out, I got to get out, right? That that mentality, unfortunately, you know, our human condition, our emotions, we're, we're just wired to be terrible investors, right? <laughs> and uh, and all of the data that goes into a stock's price is all knowable right now. And it's priced in the idea of a free market is that it's all priced in right now. We Everything that can go in there, including all this unknowable stuff like billionaire A moves money from ABC stock to XYZ stock. That changes pricing and, and there's no way for us to predict a lot of that. And the only thing that's gonna change it is future unknowable stuff, right? Stocks are based on, on expectations, not what's it worth right now. With all of these stunts, it's so easy to get caught into it. it. Cool stuff is cool. I enjoy watching Musk do his thing, right? There's a fascination to a multi-billionaire who names his rocket the BFR. And instead of, you know, BFR stands for Big Falcon Rocket, <laughs> uh, which was 
a little bit, I'm sure, different and intent, right? And there's a cool factor to some of these things. And even like you know, companies like KFC, right? KFC has an ad that they just randomly place that is visible from space, just their logo. And they they figured out it'll get picked up in Google Maps somewhere along the line and just be a talking point. Oh. Or they'll stream, you know, cats climbing on their logo for four hours and people watch this stuff and it's hilarious. So I'm all for getting kind of caught up in the cool of, interesting, creative, bright people. But at the same time, there is absolutely no reason that there should be a hundred people lined up outside of an Apple store the day that then Apple, the iPhone goes from 12 to 13. And the only upgrade is a little bit of processing power and some new camera stuff. Your phone is okay. We don't need to wait for hours to get this thing when they'll be in stock tomorrow and nobody's standing there, right? So, and it's no different that with the investing side is we can't get caught up in the exuberance of it all because that's all it is, is it's just really cool. And the, the smart way to do it doesn't get caught up. Yeah, actually, as you were saying that, I realized I've done several episodes on people trying to get out of the stock market whenever there's a crash or decline. People freak out and they all go and buy gold. And then the markets turn around, gold prices fall. And so they, oh, I got to get back into the stock market. But you just brought up, which I hadn't really thought about, is that exuberance. You get excite, so excited about something that you just run out and buy it willy-nilly without knowing if it's right for you, for where you are in your stage of life, and is it going to help your retirement if that's your goal? But yeah, that's the flip side of panicking if there's a downturn in the stock market. Right. Again, we're, we're just so wired to do this wrong. And the studies come back with basically the difference. And this is ultimately, this is what my job is and, and, and why I do what I do. There's a massive gap between investment returns and investor returns. So meaning stocks return, you know, if I took all stocks gross return, it's you know, around 11% or so rate of return annualized and stock investors are getting four. If I put that over the course of someone's career, they're just chipping away at the retirement block or the college savings block, right? That's the difference between I can retire and never outlive my money and I'm never able to retire, right? A, a couple little things here and there, but most of that gap is just bad decision-making. Right. And there's other things that go in there. It could be bad advice from a bad advisor. It could be excessive fees. It could be, there's all sorts of stuff, but the biggest gap is I'm jumping in and out. And it's kind of like, um, you ever go through traffic, right. And you're sitting in traffic and one lane is humming by and you're sitting there stuck and you're finding a gap and trying to find a gap. You finally get over and your lane stops and the lane you just left starts going, right. It's no different with investing is I'm chasing after these things all the time, rather than owning markets, understanding how they work, how I diversify properly, and then just sit back and let it do its job. I have to be really educated with that. And hopefully you have somebody that, you know, is effectively on your team and advisor, somebody that you can trust that that'll teach you. But, you know, our job when markets are down is to make sure people understand that that's a part of our plan, right? We're, we're, we're in it for the average, not for day-to-day market-based returns. And likewise, when markets have been up and it's the big discussion right now is, hey, we've had you know this 10, 12 year bull run here and should we just keep going and betting it all when 
we've done incredibly well. How do I rebalance properly and make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm in line with my goals? So we have to be the voice of reason in any room and lean on research and facts and data as much as we can. Because as advisor, we're human too, right? That when the market dropped with COVID, it made me physically ill to write the check into my account, right? As I had some cash and I, I, I got to buy this dip. It made me physically ill. We're not immune to the same emotions. And it was the right decision at the right time and using that dip to jump on it. But but it's no fun to do it the right way. It, it hurts. Right. It's scary. Well, if people want that reasonable train of thought that you have and to advise them, where can people reach you? Sure, of course. Well, thank you. So you can reach us. Our website is fourthpointwealth.com. F-O-U-R-T-H-P-O-I-N-T, wealth.com. You can email me at cjaneway at fourth point wealth. We love to communicate. We're on some of the social media channels as well. We, I love getting questions from, from folks because it, it gives us new ideas of what we can teach and what's going on. So we'd love to help and just dig in on, again, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm a nerd for some of these one-off questions. I love digging into the, down into the rabbit hole and, and finding as much data as I can. And, and usually coming back with, it all means absolutely nothing, but that's okay. And we explore it and it's fun and interesting. And, and uh, so I, I love going on those deep dives. All right. Thank you so much, Chris Janeway. Again, you are the founder of Fourth Point Wealth and you are a financial advisor. And I'll be calling you soon so you can tell me how I can save for getting on the next flight up into space. That's right. Exactly. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, and you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media, Money Making Sense, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.